Hey community, in today's episode of the podcast, the director of Loop Gospel, Otto Price, sits down with artist Travis Green to talk about his musical upbringing, the balance between being a pastor and a musician, and his latest album, Tent Revival, that you can get all of the master tracks for on loopcommunity.com. Enjoy the interview. Well, today, guys, I'm so excited. I have a new friend. Uh, these, these conversations with friends are, are going to be great. I have a new friend that we, it's, it's, we're going to talk about a little bit later. We actually have a lot in common, more than just being um, guitar players and musicians uh, and pastors and, and leaders. We, we actually have a lot in common just in how we grew up in life. And so today I'm so excited to welcome in pastor, artist, musician, um, entrepreneur, <laughs> Travis Green. Travis, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, family? Yo, man, I'm, I'm honored, man. Glad to be here with you. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited about the initiative and what CCLI has going on. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, we, um, it was so interesting. We were talking, because we, uh, we, you and I were talking earlier before we, uh, about just our past and our history. We actually have a lot in common. First of all, we have a lot in common in the music center. Israel's a good friend of mine. We know a lot of the same people. Then you know, I know a lot of the guys over at Elevation. It's just so it seems like it probably were days when we were in rooms together or uh, yeah. Yeah. together. And so it's been interesting. But the biggest connection is just just get started with who you are as a, as a man, as a musician. I asked, I talked about Georgia, and when you mentioned certain cities you were at, it started clicking my head because I grew up as a military brat. So what was your what's your history? Yeah, born Dover Air Force Base uh, in Delaware. From there to Ramstein, Germany for, for basically the first four years of my life. From there to Robbins Air Force Base in a military town called Warner Robbins, Georgia. Um, and then from there, uh, most of my childhood was spent in Columbus, Georgia. And then we went back to Warner Robbins, Georgia. So I'm a Georgia guy um, through and through. Mm-hmm. Georgia Southern University is where I met my wife. And um, from there uh, to Charlotte area, I was there for several years. And then I moved from there to Columbia, South Carolina is where we started Forward City. Okay. Well, that's, there's a lot that happened in there <laughs> that I kind of want to go to. And then we'll, we'll talk about this this new project, Tent Revival, which, by the way, on the cover is fire in it, but <laughs> inside the record is fire. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. As a musician, and I'm I'm a producer, so yeah. there's going to be a, I want to get into like the weeds of the production stuff, and also sorry, but before we go there, you're a musician, man. Um, what, how many instruments do you play, by the way? Uh, I mean, it depends on who's asking. If someone who is not a musician is asking, I play like five. If somebody who is a musician, I play one and a half. I mean, I'm a, I'm a keyboardist. That's my primary. Uh, but I can get around on acoustic good enough for a show, but I'm not, I mean, I'm never going to have a solo on guitar. You know, I'm not that guy. I, I don't have the discipline for it, but um, keys and guitar are my, my dominant. So did you, because both of us growing up in the military, travel around, what influenced you growing up? What were your? Uh, well, guitar came later. Guitar came in my 20s. Um but keyboard was, you know, at, I mean, as young as seven, eight years old, I was playing in church for adults, you know. So that was just, you know, I grew up in a charismatic church. And if the keyboard player didn't make it, you know, they called me up. I was on the bench. But then the the line, what really got me into keyboard, the line for the drums was so long, man. It, you know, the way I grew up, you know, like that was just, I mean, the bench for that. It was five guys waiting and hoping that they could get 
that the drummer picked them to play for offering that that week. So I'm looking over there. I'm like, man, there's way too many of y'all. I want to be active. Nobody's over here by the keyboard. Let me just watch her hands. And uh, so that's how I got a love for that. And then uh, John Piquet, I mean, I literally learned off of studying his music um, in, the, in the early 90s, mid 90s. And so um, that was it. My mother was a choir director. And, um, you know, I just fell in love with music. It was really a gospel music. It was like oxygen in our home. So that's how I got into it. We're, we're, we're definitely a different age, but we grew up kind of the same way. John P. King affected me a lot. Andre Crouch was my guy, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was younger, but I mean... Um, yeah, Andre's before my time. I'm 38. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're definitely younger. Uh, but like Andre, but like John P., like I was doing John P. when I was in high school and stuff, and that was my... My jam. Um, so for you, then the keys were kind of your your segue into music. When did you kind of find your voice? When were you like, man? I'm later. Not... Really? Later, later, man. I'm a, I'm a late late bloom on all of it. I um, for me, it was just it was it was it was playing keys. I thought singing would just uh, you know, either for ladies or for like lame guys you know just being up there and singing just looked lame to me you know uh, that's just kind of the class I came from being a musician was cool you can walk in you walk up to the front you know when get the ladies you know all of that stuff <laughs> so that was just always the thing um but I, I had a natural like my ear I could naturally just hear music so I would sing around the house but singing in public just was not the thing actually just expressing myself um even in praise just didn't seem cool I think I had to get delivered from cool to actually be used by God and that was probably in college um my college pastor heard me singing just messing around he was like oh man you can really sing you're gonna do worship you're gonna lead worship and I was like what and so it took really I mean that was basic training for me it took a couple years for me to find my voice and my range and then a few more years to even kind of find my style you know um so all of that happened in my in my 20s man uh mid really like you know i would say from probably age 21 through 28 was kind of the development of my voice as you're talking there's so many like moments because i grew up as a base as an athlete and i thought playing music was lame <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't get into music until I was like 19. I saw my wife the other night. I didn't start. And then like three years later and played with DC Talk. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. Like I went yeah. from zero to 60. Um, but even in that, I love what you said about delivering you from the cool. God delivered you from the cool. So you found your voice and you start playing. When when did you start saying, okay, my, I have an artist's voice. I have something that's unique. Well, production was first. So that's what a lot of people don't know. I produce all of them. I'm, I'm one of the producers on everything that I put out. And so every every song that I've ever released, you know, for the most part, has some of my demo in it, you know. Um, I mean, the guys that run with me now, you know, they, they highlight and delete a lot of my work, but they'll let a few of the auxiliary work remain and like, okay this was good enough to still be in it um, so uh you know or every now and then like, okay the acoustic wasn't bad on this we'll keep it you know but most of the stuff is getting deleted now but um at least i mean there's at least a pad or two or three or uh, five in every song that i released that from the demo and so i, I you know um 
I share that just to say I started as a producer. You know, I mean, that was just my thing, you know, production. Um, you know, me and my Triton Core used to go to work, you know, and my floppy disk, you know. Um, so that's how I started, man. It was just producing and, and putting, you know, doing songs for other people who were singers. And so that just naturally, you know, was able to kind of translate to my own thing and then honing in on writing and being a kind of a nerd with theology. It all was just a perfect uh, mesh, you know, of um, theology, philosophy, like revelations in melodic form that I'm able to already capture production wise. And then that that's really the lean. I think my my greatest gift is, is, is penmanship. Like I'm a writer more than I am a singer or a musician. I'm just able to allow my voice to fit in the stuff that I naturally heard but being the gift being the most amazing singer in the room has never really been my goal it's been uh being able to be uh, relatable uh for the songs to be attainable and and singable that's the goal for me to get the room to worship and so my voice is really just a tool in that i love that and so in, in atlanta which was uh it was like when you were in college that you kind of started leading worship yeah, I started. Yeah, I started leading worship and then just kind of making music at the house, you know, um, I mean, before the hill, which had made a way and intentional on it. I mean, that's probably my fifth album, you know, um, before that, there were other albums that I was just doing at the house or doing for my local city and um, selling out the trunk. I mean, all of those things, you know, I did going around to youth camps where there's 30 people, 50 kids, you know, those days, man, I, I wouldn't change for the world. You know, I think. Um, seeing deliverance at a small scale um, really, I think, prepared me, equipped me um, for everything I do at a major scale. And just gave me a love for the raw, like, I'm like a, you know how you see, like, KD or one of those guys return to records, like, they just love the game, you know what I mean? It's not even about the arena for them. It's just a love for the game. That's how I am with worship. I, I just love the pure, raw, you know, worship i'm as satisfied in a room of, of 50 as i am with fifty thousand. it doesn't matter to me the amount of people i just love god and love ushering his people to his presence i gotta say um as a musician and you know having even served in that space as a worship pastor over over creative team having a lead pastor have a heart for worship is critically important that's why you see that even with elevation because that's who Fredrick is seeing that I was just even joking with somebody the other day. I felt like if you had to go to Ford City, you almost had to be like a master class musician <laughs> to be on staff there. <laughs> oh, not at all. Not at all. For me, you know, I would say early on, you know, we, we just turned six a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I say early on, I, I, I put emphasis on on gifts, you know, and I think I evolved as a leader and matured to really even you know, make folk, my focus now is character over even talent. We've, we have phenomenal talent. We've had phenomenal talent. You know, Chandler Moore is a product of Forest City. Um, the list goes on and on, you know, of guys who come through or, you know, who, who um, you know, call it their home. And so um, I think talent is just a portion of it. I, I think my, I think our goal is to, in addition to talent, is to just have heart. And so, but our musicians are great. They're incredible. Our singers are great and incredible. Um, but I think the, the our emphasis is definitely character. Mm -hmm. And so just segue into that as a pastor, you know, a lot of times, especially um, 
I talked to a lot of friends who had this heart to go into ministry, but they're artists and they, and more in the CCM space. And it's, you know, sometimes um, that challenge of like, am I a pastor? Am I an artist? Which, which is, but you walk seamlessly in both of those worlds. What, how do you, it sounds like that heart, what, what do you think, I'm almost answering your question, but what, do you, what is it that thing that tethers you to both worlds, being a pastor and then being this, this songwriter and, and artist and creative? Uh, that's a great question. It's an amazing question. I think settling, uh, I want to give an answer. I hope it's not complicated the way it come out. I think early on, I was sharing this with Tasha, uh, Leonard, who is like one of, one of my closest friends, but I think early on I've tried, I tried to separate the two and it was like, Hey, when I'm at church, you know, I'm PT, like, I'm, I'm not Travis Green. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not ever singing Made Away. I'm never doing music. And so I drew that line in the sand for a while. I'd say probably for the first three years at our church. It made me very uncomfortable to ever even announce there's an album coming out or there's a tour. It made me very uncomfortable because I wanted to have a line in the sand. And God delivered me from that, man. He was like, dude, like you're making your life so much more complicated. Like you are, you know, your life shouldn't be salad. It should be a soup. Like it shouldn't be a bunch of separation and trying to like nitpick the differences. Like you are one guy, you're one package. And my anointing is in that. In the same way as you're able to be at home and be a husband and a father and a friend all in this, under the same roof. Like you could be a pastor and a worshiper and a musician and what like whatever is necessary. Like it's cool, man. It ain't that deep. Mm-hmm. so it's not so much freedom and fun you know Tasha came and her and my wife did like a women's night and there was a you know and there was a vacant organ and I was like man why not and so like literally I jumped in with the band and they were laughing at me because I, I had my own talk back it was just you know but like I jumped in and played organ that whole night you know and just I was worshiping and just it was the first time I played organ in church and oh my god I can't even tell you how long but the liberty that, man, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't have to be a pulpit sitter. You know, I don't have to, like, change who I am. Like, I just am me. It brought freedom to my life, and I think freedom to those around me. And so, I mean, we got Travis Green merch in our lobby, and we got Dr. Jackie merch. We got Forward City merch. We got Tent Revival merch. So you'll see people walk around with a T-shirt with my face on it or a T-shirt with an album cover, and it just all... It's all unto God, man. It's the same anointing. It's the same Jesus. And uh, so that that's allowed me just to not, I don't care, man. I might sing. I might preach. Whatever comes out is what comes out. Yeah. I, I love that answer, man. Because uh, even even going back to how many instruments do you play? Because I play a few. And so somebody says, hey, Otto, what, what do you play? I'm like, well, I'm the same I'm the same guy, whether I'm, you know, yeah. out of the bass player, out of the guitar player. And, and I yeah. love there's no uh, delineation uh, between you, Travis is the pastor and Travis is the creative. Um, and so for both of us, uh, one question, a couple of questions are going to like pastoring a church, a multicultural church. Mm-hmm. I would think uh, growing up in a, in a military environment that helps. Oh, absolutely. Am, am I frozen or are we okay? Oh, there we go. Yeah, you, yeah you're, frozen. you're frozen. So I'll start, start that again. So I would think, you know, kind of growing up the way we did, you know, Otto's, in the mil- Otto's dad was in the military, Travis's dad was in the military. Um, now you're pastoring a church. 
Um, did that, you know, I'm sure seeing that multicultural real-time work with people um, in different spaces that had a great effect in that. Oh man. How, yeah. how does that affect your, how does that inform you pastoring a church now? Oh man, I, it informed me just in life. You know, I think the pastoring thing is just natural. We were already doing it. We were pastoring our band before we ever had a congregation. So that that wasn't as, I, I think as, as far as it comes to being multicultural, you know, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm auto, right? I was hired at several churches to bring diversity, to help, to this, have a seat at the table, to, you know. And so one thing that I remember telling one, one church that brought me in was that I, I don't, like, diversity for me is not just cause and effect. Like, it's just who I am. It's in my makeup. Like, being military, you you had to get new friends and you had to learn when in Rome you know, that's just what it is. You do as the Romans do. And so for me, skateboarding wasn't an option. It was like, hey, man, I mean, we moved from a predominantly black area to an all white area. And it's like, they don't want to play throw up tackle. They want to play street hockey. So you got to get it in if you want to have fun. And so for me, I think for me, it helped me. I think the my major thing as it pertains to diversity uh, is that for me, like color is not a big deal, you know, because for me, it's about celebrating differences, not tolerating differences. And what I mean by that, I think many times because of the political climate and a lot of the racial tension, like we try too hard to like, I don't know, be politically correct. And so, and what I mean by that, like we'll act like differences don't exist. All right, we'll be like, you know, I don't see color and we're all the same. And it's like, no, we're not the same. Like. I like more seasoning on my collars than you do. And it's okay. Like I like, I call them collard greens. You call them collard greens. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, you know, I might raise my voice to my kids. You might not. Like the way that our cultures are just totally different. And there's a lot of things that attribute to that. I mean, contribute to that, whether it is through slavery or through our heritage or through just our makeup. And I think it's okay. And for me, I found that even for my staff that's diverse or my church that is diversifying for me, like, I don't try to tiptoe around. Like, you know, I'll make comments from the stage about, you know, just funny things that that's funny to me. Like, you know, like I'm a black dude and this is hilarious to me. Uh, you know, I make a joke about my how my white friends respond to something. And I think for us, I think that makes walls come down. You know, it makes people like, all right, man, I can breathe. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm I'm different, you know. I think differently. I my experiences are different, and I don't think one is right or wrong. I mean, we're we're a few generations removed from things that caused us to be where we are now. Um, does racism still exist? Of course, but for me, it's not a point of emphasis as much as unity. But I found the route to unity being not ignoring the elephant in the room. Like if something's funny, it's funny. If something's different, it's different, and that's just how I live. And I love that because it's even like, especially because I grew up, I'll say this probably till we will be friends forever. And I'll say the same thing, but there's so many parallels, but like one thing I noticed, like little things like in predominantly black churches, uh, the, the team is called praise team mm -hmm. typically and predominantly white church is called the worship team. Same word or same, right. same, um, Act, has the same activity, but has different languaging. And yeah. so we're gonna talk about songs in particular. We're gonna talk, I wanna talk about this record, man, which is fire. I love, first of all, people, if you don't have it, you have to get it because it's, 
I wrote down a list. There's, I mean, it's a global sounding record. Um, and speaking wow. producer to producer, I love the energies. There's a lot of uh, almost Soweto kind of like African energies, like dun, 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 those kind of things on songs. Um, there's almost some, I live in Nashville. There's almost some, are there some kind of steel guitar things? Some Absolutely. other. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah, I thought I heard, I was okay. Okay, cool. Ban- banjo, all of it. Okay. So what, man, what, as a producer, what, you know, you're going through all this, did you like, I hear this or like, was there a sonic thing that you started with or was it just like, I want to add this instrument? Um, I, I think, uh, both. I, I mean, the way we produce, man, you will have so much fun. You know, I, my camp consists of um, my road MD. His name is, is Brunus Charles. Um, my my major producer and engineer, his name is Matthew Edwards, uh, who yeah. you used to know Matt from Israel. Um, yeah. And then my church MD, his name is Reg, Reggie uh, Rhett. And so it's really a collaboration, really, with all of us, the four of us. And then some of our other musicians, we allow them to express their creativity as well. But the four of us is kind of, we're the think tank, you know, um, the way it starts, I have an idea. Um, I'll, I'll do a, a demo for it. This is what I'm thinking. It's the key I'm thinking. And then we'll just, I mean, we just add on from there and people just throw in, we just throw stuff at the wall. Like, hey, I'm hearing this. So let's try that. Or let's replace this sound. Or what would it be like if this was the organ part or what, you know, all that stuff. And that's that's the funnest part of the, the 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 album coming together because you just have so many different and then you know Brunus is Haitian so you have that entire expression Matt is worldwide you know so you have that expression Reggie is a church is a he's the only one of us that's from South Carolina um, so he's a church boy you know country church boy and so you have that expression and I think the collaboration of all of that is what what brings what we do uh, to life. It felt like my spidey senses were right on um, just hearing the record. It felt like a concept album. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a a, a bunch of one. You know, I've done a ton random. of. Yeah, it's not random. That random acts of kindness. It's um, a lot of albums, especially in the worship lanes, that can we can do records that have just a collection of songs. This feels like a record that's not just a collection of songs it feels like it's a concept record it feels like it's leading you somewhere even with dr jackie's thing in the middle that just it's man it's it 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 inspires me it it wow. it's 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 not just a record i listen to it's something that motivates me and so just wow. as a creative i just want to know, man what was it a writing camp did it come out of a were you guys together and say hey we're, we're, we're getting something you just collected it or was it like a sermon series can you can you list behind the curtain? Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that I'm I'm normally in a um I'll just enter a zone and um and based off of kind of where that is for me seasonally is what comes out. Mm. I think it's that, you know what I mean? Um, um so, for example, like this idea of like tent revival. Um, a couple years ago, we did um, during COVID, we did this thing called tent revival that we did to actually to kind of help us with our building fund. Um, 
So that idea, that's kind of how it originated. And then from there, um, we started working on the, on a, on music. And I just had this, I was like, I'm very, I'm very um, spiritual, man. And me, meaning that like I'm spirit led. And um, I was like, man, you know what? Like, I, uh, I feel like this record is supposed to be called Tent Revival. It's literally how I led, <laughs> kind of led it. And from there, started praying to it. And then the Lord told me to study um, tents in the Bible. And I landed on Exodus 33, which is Moses went to the tent. Uh, every day he'll pitch a tent to meet with the Lord. I saw that verse before and never paid a lot of attention to it. He'll meet with him face to face. The cloud will come down. But then it said he would leave and Joshua would stay. And that screamed at me this time around. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, you mean someone had a greater appetite than Moses? And Moses is Moses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got Jesus, you got Abraham, and then you got Moses. Like, Moses is Moses. First five books of the Bible, Moses. Ten plagues, Moses. Red Sea Park, Moses. Baby in the Nile, Moses. You know what I mean? Like, this is Moses. We're talking about Ten Commandments, Moses. So I'm like, man, this dude met with God face to face, and yet, his assistant, his aide, the Bible called him his young aide, would stay back at the tent. And that just killed me. I was like, man, we don't know a whole lot about Joshua. We know he's the son of none. We know that he, you know, he shouted at a wall of Jericho. But man, he didn't just arrive overnight. And so this theme of not skipping the tent, this theme of intimacy precedes impact was just in my spirit. And from there, you know, I think a lot of songs just kind of just started coming out organically. It didn't take long. I wrote Watch Him Turn in a Tent Revival in the car from my grandmother, from my wife's grandmother's funeral on the way driving from that. Both of those songs were written, you know, on my voice memo. And then Stay Here, we wrote, you know, in the studio, just, you know, just I did, you know. So the songs just from there just started, you know. And I, I call it like an open portal. You know, it's, I got this idea from Darius Daniels. He says his favorite time to prepare his next message is after the last message. And he says because the portal is open, he's already like vulnerable, already receiving. And so I just get in the zone when it comes to record time. I'm only in the zone. It's a weird thing, man. I'm only in this zone. I mean, you know, as a creative, but I'm in the zone when I'm in the zone. And I don't, you know, once I'm in the zone, it's like a, it's like a batter, right? Like, when he get in that zone, man, he everything gonna be a home run. He just he in it. And when I get when I portal's open, I get in the zone. It's just if I sneeze or something come out, really. It's it's a it's supernatural. It's it's God. It's beyond it's beyond me. But that's how it happens. And then from there, I collaborate with the like putting clothes on it, you know, putting clothes on the body once once it just start. I start having babies and then I'm just like, y'all come help me dress this, come help me dress this. Come. You know, so that's how it happens. Yeah. Man, I love that. And I love just hearing the, even the creative. Okay, thank you for letting us get behind the curtain on, on the creative process because it's it's beautiful to see how we have the final product, but knowing that, like you said, you're in that zone to, and hearing that it was birthed out of that, that. And I've read that scripture before. And, and even as you said that, I'm like, wow, they didn't, they didn't put two and two together to see that there was somebody that got to experience more of God mm. in his presence than Moses. And we think Moses has seen it all, you know, the burning bush and everything, and know that Joshua had more of that. And I think that's really the energy that comes from the record. It really 
there it, it feels like you capture that. So from a listener standpoint, it, you definitely give us the feeling like we're on a journey to get deeper and closer to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's the that's the whole idea, man. But it's it's cool, man. It's cool how God does what he does. And um he really brought it all home, man. I, he started kind of giving me the songs and then gave me the scripture. And, you know, it was so cool looking at like, you know, I had the band and the singers and the staff kind of sit there. And I, every Wednesday I pour out, I do what we call a staff devo. And I just preach for like 30 minutes every week. So and I just literally just sit in the chair and just go. And uh, and so it's one of them settings. And I read Angela's Zergery and everybody's mouth was open. I was like, wait a minute you know because at that point we had, i had already understand the demos and stuff and then my md reggie was just like dude this makes sense of everything like <laughs> what the heck like so it, it kind of for him and for i think their whole band was like all right now it, it just it intensified i think our preparation and the studio session because we had a mark we had a target it was like all right we know what we're doing and I think that's why the record feels synchronized like it is, because there was a harmony there for sure. Well, I don't want to hold you up, but I just got one last question. What are you excited about? I know you just finished the record, <laughs> but what is there something that next, you know, that's burning your spirit that you want to see for, for the church, for you as a creative that you can share with us that like, man, I'm really excited about seeing this next phase, this next uh, I love watching Serena Williams um, <laughs> says she didn't retire. She's evolving to the next version yeah. of herself. I love that. Even though we are uh, intelligent design believers, we don't believe, we believe that God is intelligent. Design. But what do you feel like this next phase of your ministry? Uh, what are you excited about seeing in the next couple of you know months, years that you can share with us? Oh, man. Oh, man. Really, for me, I think the highlight for me right now is uh, uh, the people of this record, man, like um, Dinar and uh, Saquana Iman and Shamanique and Jaleesa. I mean, these guys, JC, I mean, these guys are just phenomenal, man. They're they're great. They're gifted. And so being able to, I mean, I've, I've done it from the beginning. If anybody's been tracking with me from the, from the years, you know, I mean, it was 22 eight years ago you know i would bring putting Chandler on stage putting them on songs uh dante on songs you know um what have you uh, and so i think for for me it, it, i just i get so much joy out of you know it's you know opening doors or, or helping other people establish a platform for him you know I, that to me is the highest uh, other than his presence itself, I, I don't get a better high than uh, helping position other people to flourish in their purpose. I mean, that's that's why I'm here. You know, I understand that um, I'm a doorkeeper. And so to to do that, man, I mean, that that's my highlight. I'm going to Africa next week. I'm taking 13 people from, you know, this album, the band, the singers, you know, who you know, they have never been Africa. I, some of them probably never even left the country, you know. Um, so th them having to get their passports and shots and yellow fever car, you know, all this stuff is like, I, it's like, I don't know, man. It's Christmas for me. I've gone to Africa more times than I can count. But being able to take people, you know, into these atmospheres for their first time is like it's my first time all over again. And I, if, I'm, if I'm honest, probably right before COVID, this whole thing just kind of started getting redundant and a little boring for me. Um, 
COVID was definitely a reset of like, oh man, you know, the quickest kill for ingratitude is lost. So not being able to go anywhere was like, oh, wait a minute. I actually do miss going like minister. Um, but now I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel that I think the evolved version of me is the one who's able to open doors for others. And it, it is, it's a lot funner than, than going through my own doors, man. I just, I'm enjoying it. It reminds me of the scripture where Paul told Timothy, you have many teachers, but few fathers. And in our day and age, you got many influencers, but few fathers. And I can tell that pastor, that father's heart's coming out. Yeah. See, sometimes it's more fun to see Christmas through your kids. Absolutely. Than, than being a kid, so. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I am, man. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's definitely making all of it, all of it fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for the time, and uh, I'm excited. So it sounds like we got some new music kind of with Denar and some of the crew, some of the guys in there. And, and yeah. I guess guys like Chandler and Dante, they're they're doing okay. So, so <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all right. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that. I'm really excited to hear about some new stuff coming out. But more importantly, really want everybody to really, you don't have it. I'm, I'm telling you, it, the Tim Revival record is is amazing. I'm glad that you're going to Africa because it's got energy that's global, man. It really, it really does. So glad that you can be part of this and uh, looking forward to more times together. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you. All right, bro. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments, wherever you're listening, watching from, what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook, and stay tuned for more from Lip Community. Thank you.